Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. My co-host is Ryan Donnelly. Ryan, how's it going? It's doing great, man. Um, recently out of prison. Mm-hmm. Um, I beat the case. Yep. Um, go well, Bucks. What was the case? <laughs> uh, I've been advised to not talk about that with my, <laughs> my lawyer. Uh, let's just say it involves a little... Uh, quote unquote racketeering. Okay, yeah. Ryan is quote unquote a kleptomaniac <laughs> as well. Uh, so a lot of people didn't know that, but stealing yeah. all of our listeners' hearts. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are doing the the first in a I guess a, a series of episodes that we're going to be doing throughout the off season, um, biweekly, right? Every other week. Correct. Okay. Um, so from, roughly, roughly. So from now, roughly until the start of the season, roughly. Roughly, um, allegedly, we are going to be doing some conference previews, um, <clears throat> and I know what you're thinking. Don't please don't click off the podcast. They're good. I promise. We did work on these. Um, they're good. They're good. Yeah, I, yeah. The Middle America's two most handsome podcasters have conspired <laughs> to really bring to life conference previews. And, and at the end of the day, if you're listening to this Mac conference preview, it's because you're a G5 freak like us, mm-hmm. or you're a football gambling addict like us. Yeah, or you're both. Yeah. In which case, you've probably achieved some story of nirvana or um, you know transcendence from the from the material plane mm-hmm. or a cocaine addiction. Um, <laughs> so welcome to no our comment. yeah welcome to our our, our Mac preview subheaded Mackin' off. Uh, we're Mackin' off today. Come on, that's what the title of the podcast is. Um, it can be done. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to start here. We have we have cheat sheets for all of these teams. We're not just shooting from the hip here. We have done research into this. Um, we're going to start in Tier 4. We've got four tiers, obviously. Uh, tier 4 is the worst teams in the MAC. Generally speaking, these are teams that we think are, you know, closer to zero wins than they are to six, essentially. Um, probably not contending for a bowl this season. <clears throat> in two cases, I think that they are building towards something. In one case, I think that Scott Leffler is the head coach. Um <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start with those guys. Then there's two or three, which is contending for a bowl game, but not like automatic, I guess. Um, tier two is likely headed to a bowl game, contending for hoping to contend for a conference title, but not likely to do so. Tier one is our title contenders. Um, there are four teams in tier one, three in tier two, two in tier three, and three in tier four. Um, without wasting any more time, Ryan, let's get right into tier four here. Let's go. Um, you lead, I'll follow. I will lead. I put together these cheat sheets. I'm the G5 man. Um, this is this is how we operate here. Um, so starting in tier four, first team up is the NIU Huskies. Um, I, I don't think that there's a ton of intrigue around NIU right now, and kind of for good reason. Uh, they were 0-6 last season, really not a ton going on on either side of the ball. They were slightly better on offense than they were on defense, but there was just just not much there. Um, right. It, it was just Thomas Hammock, is, this is his third year now, this this upcoming season is, and he, he took over in kind of a rough place where... Um, Last name, last coach. Rod Carey. Rod Carey. Left him without a ton of talent. Drew Carey. Drew Carey. Drew Carey. That's right. uh, yeah, he left to go do The Price is Right, and it yeah. really devastated the program. Yeah, Rod Carey Underwood. Um, but uh, it, it's just, they're kind. it's kind of a program devoid of talent right now, and, and I, I do think that he's building towards something. They don't have a ton of interesting stuff going on here. They're, they do some interesting stuff with jet sweeps and motion, but um, this was just a bad team last year. It was was just a really bad team. I mean, I think the interest comes, right, if we want to paint this, is to kind of what that huge freshman eligibility class can kind of be. As you had here in our notes, 
They had 60 players with freshman eligibility in 2020. Yeah. Uh, and despite that, or maybe, uh, you know, because of that, they were also third in the 24-7 sports talent composite in the entire conference. Yeah. Um, which means they had a really talented roster that just was really young, did not yeah. win a lot of games. So, the, I mean, the upside you could project here is maybe Hammock figures it out, and maybe those guys with their experience build towards something because North Illinois is generally one of the most talented teams in the MAC every year. Yeah, and and this is a program that has been good for a really long time. Was really good under um, it was was it Dave Clawson that was here or was it? Uh, That's correct. Is it? It was one of those. It was one of the. Um, the you keep riffing. It, okay, it, it was one of the ACC stalwarts. I think. Um, I think it was Dave Clawson. I could be. I could be misremembering. Um, but it, it was it was really good for a really long time. Dave Clawson was a Bowling Green. I'm not sure who it was then, but it was. I think it was Jerry Kill before that, and they just kind of kept passing it off, doing pretty well. Passing it off, doing pretty well. Um, there was obviously the Jordan Lynch era where they were really really good at the beginning of the 2010s and. It was Dave Doran. Dave Doran, that's right. Um, and it's been sort of downhill from there, but they weren't bad under Rod Carey. They were just perpetually 8-4. and four. Yeah, I, I mean, like, Carey and Hammock both have recruited very well. Which, Hammock is a really good recruiter. Which you would think, like, in that Chicagoland area, in this conference, that talent advantage would mean more. Yeah. But it just really has not translated to wins at all yet. Yeah, so you mentioned that this is a really young roster, and we won't rattle off all the guys who are coming back because it's most of the team. Um, I will mention quarterback Ross Bowers is gone, which is going to create a, a kind of interesting situation at mm-hmm. that quarterback spot. He wasn't great, but he was okay. Um, tight end Daniel Crawford is gone as well, as is tackle Weston Kramer. That's about it in terms of guys that aren't going to be here. Um, we could talk about that quarterback room a little bit. So the name that I think a lot of people know <laughs> here is Rocky Lombardi, right? the Michigan State transfer. Yeah, um, he's uh, the Mac's second best Rocky. Is that so? Yeah. Salute to uh, true Guido of uh, Rocky Ciccone. Let's go. Of T- who's Toledo's uh, player personnel director. I hey, 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 hey. I'm recruiting the Midwest over here. <laughs> hey, I'm running up the stairs in Philadelphia. Don't put too many onions in the sauce. <laughs> Um, but Rocky Lombardi is here. He, I don't know if I'm talking out of turn here. He sucks. He's he not, sucks, he's yeah. not good at playing quarterback. Yeah, he's dog shit. Um, he can't really run. Can't really throw. He's just not very good. Um, <laughs> and I think that the issue here is that it seems like he's the favorite to be the starter. Um, Dustin Fletcher is, is here. Rodney Thompson is here. Ethan Hampton has drawn praise as not a typical freshman. He's, he's new, um, early enrollee. That's from Thomas Hammock. But, mm-hmm. um, my pick is Fletcher. He's the best runner at quarterback. I think that he's who I would go with. He's who I went with when I wrote my preview for yeah. for NIU. But it seems like it's going to be Lombardi, which makes me think that the ceiling here is about two wins. Right. I mean, I guess the argument for Fletcher, and I think why you were right about that, why it should be him over Lombardi. Well, first of all, it's not going to be because we have we know when a Power Five starter yeah. transfers to a program like this, they get the job. Yeah, he was kind of, he was told he's going to be the starter. Yeah, That's how why it works. he did this. Right. Yeah. But um. I mean, a guy like Fletcher, when you bring back your entire starting offensive line the way Northern Illinois did, and you largely have a talent and size advantage in the conference, yeah, uh, you should be mashing the football down people's throats. Mm-hmm. And a guy like Fletcher would help with that, and it just seems like they're probably not going to do that. And the other thing is with, with Bowers, and this is partially because Bowers is who he is. He was a, um, I believe he was a Sonny Dykes guy at Cal. I think I think Sonny Dykes recruited him. He's mm-hmm. like he's like a million years old. Um, but he was at Cal. He transferred to NIU, and they, they ran last year. It was pretty much an air raid with some RPO stuff in it mm-hmm. and that 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 goes to say they weren't throwing the ball more than 15 yards down the field. You don't need 
I don't think you need an especially technically skilled quarterback, and I think that Dustin Fletcher could at least make those throws, and then you'd be able to add that that read option, you know, quarterback running game back into the system that I, I think it it needs for that line to really start to mash. Um, running back Harrison Whaley is is back and really good. Um, Rondarius Gregory, another running back, looked okay. He didn't carry the ball a whole lot. Um, and then pretty much the entire rest of the team is is back as well. Um, I think Tyrese Ritchie, who was their best receiver, is back. I couldn't find anything that said he isn't back, Right. Um, which I'm going to spoil this here a little bit. There's going to be a lot of those seniors that we don't know if they're coming back or not because yeah. they just haven't said anything. And it's there's not exactly a robust media apparatus yeah. around the Northern Illinois Yeah, Huskies. you'd be stunned to know that there's not a ton of articles out there on NIU other than mine. Uh, it's pretty funny, by the way, that uh, they picked up this transfer, right? Clint Ratkovich from Western yeah, Illinois. he's really good. Yeah, and, and the reason they picked him up is because Auburn running back Booby Whitlow transferred mm-hmm. to Western Illinois and kind of like yeah. wasn't very good, but again, because he was a Power 5 player that transferred down a level was guaranteed a starting job and just kind yeah. of forced Ratkovich out. Yeah, Ratkovich was like a first team all conference guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, he's really good as a receiver. He's really good as a running back. I think he's going to be the best player on this offense. Um, that maybe doesn't bode super well for NIU, generally speaking, because it's, mm-hmm. it's not a super talented roster. Um, I, I I don't hate the defense, if I'm being honest. I like cornerback Jordan Gandy a lot. Um, Pierce Apong on the defensive line was really, really good last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Lance DeVoe is back. He didn't play much in 2020 because he had some injuries, but he's good at linebacker. Um, I, I think that it is, like you said, it, it's still, you know, it's talented, right? I think that Hammock has very quickly built this roster back up in terms of the guys, right? He's mm-hmm. He's landed guys. There are three stars on this roster. It's just that those freshmen are now only sophomores, and that's still not really a whole lot of experience. Yeah, and especially their pandemic sophomores. Yeah, their right? pandemic sophomores. They didn't get a spring practice. They barely got a fall practice. I Which mean, is my uh, that's my ska revival band name, Pandemic Sophomores. Let's go. Um, so I don't think that NIU is in for a huge jump this year, but I, I do think that there's something that Hammock is building here if he gets the time to do it. I think that he was in sort of a year negative one year zero situation and this is now year one and I'm not sure if they're going to take a huge step forward but I don't think that they're going to be dreadful essentially okay so for each of these teams we're going to pull up their schedule at the end of our little mini preview of them and kind of just go shoot off the hip here for our what we think their uh, yeah. record will be yeah and I will say also don't expect like perfect accuracy or, or, even consistency. or yeah, con- continuity we might forget that we picked a team like mm-hmm. we're it is what it is it's yeah. not going to be perfect come on yeah, yeah. come on you get the Relax. idea. Yeah. yeah, guys. Yeah. Chill out. Everybody leave us alone. Okay. <laughs> First game at Georgia Tech. Loss. Yeah, loss. Second Even, game. Mm, loss. Is Georgia Tech going to be good this year? They're going to be better than Northern Illinois. Okay, yeah. yeah. They have, I mean, their running backs are awesome. Their running backs are good. I like the quarterback whose name escapes me right now, Jeff something. Yeah, it's a biggie. One of those. He looks good. Yeah, I don't know. Jeff. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> game two, uh, Wyoming at home. That's a loss. loss. That's a loss, yeah. Uh, at Michigan, that's a loss. Yeah. Home against Maine, that's a win. Yeah, one and three. Home against Eastern Michigan, that's it. I think that's a loss. I like Eastern Michigan a lot. Okay, one and four start, that's tough. Yeah. And then you go at Toledo. One and that's five. One and five. You're now fighting a real uphill battle here, but you get to build a little momentum. You get uh, home against Bowling Green, that's a win. Yeah, two and five. Two and five. At Central Michigan, mm, that's. A, I think that's a toss up, but I'm gonna. I'm. I would lean towards Central Michigan yeah. at this point. So that's two and two six. and six, and you get a bye week. Yep. For Halloween. Two and seven. Go party a little bit. <laughs> uh, at Kent State, that's two a loss. Eight. Yep. That's, no, that's two and seven. 
Is it? Oh, yeah. that's right. I added the Bible. Yeah, yeah two you're and seven. riffing too yeah, hard. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, home against Ball State. That's a loss. Yeah, two and eight. Uh, at Buffalo, that's a loss. Two and nine. Okay. Western Michigan at home. Two and ten. That's a All brutal right. schedule. That's a, that is not. I mean, a, you get yeah. like the top seven teams in your conference, yeah. and you play at two Power Five teams, and you might catch the best team in the Mountain West at on your as your other non-con game. Yeah. So this is set up for failure here, and that's the kind of schedule that could get Hammock fired. Yeah, and that's a worry. That is that is a concern. I think that the next coach would immediately go like eight and four, which is unfortunate for, yeah, for him. I mean, he's building a, a. I mean, hopefully, they give him four years. You, know, you kind of get a little longer at the G five level. And and as a former player at the school, right? Um, it, it's going to be kind of hard to fire the, the the best running back in school history. Uh, I've got bad news, by the way. Yeah. In twenty twenty two, they repeat the schedule of mm. playing a really good G five team and two P five teams at a conference. <laughs> they go at Tulsa, home against Vanderbilt, and at Kentucky. Guys, guys, Shouldn't come be on. Doing that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think bottom of the West two and ten, but not like a terrible two and ten, just a two and ten that couldn't really get a break. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's rough. All right, on to Akron. Um, we can go Bowling Green here. Okay. We can get the bummer out of the way. All right. Um, you, okay, this is your number one most hated enemy in all of college football. This is your Terry Bowden. Wrigley, your cat, clearly hates Scott Leffler as well. We can yeah. hear that being voiced. Go off on Scott Leffler. Please take the floor. So head coach here, as Ryan alluded to, is Scott Leffler, the former Michigan assistant who famously, I think his claim to fame was that he was on campus when Tom Brady was there. Tom Brady, who, of course, wasn't good in college, like famously was not a He was the sixth round pick. He was Honestly, not pretty overrated in the NFL, too. Sure. He was <laughs> not good in college. So Scott Leffler doesn't even have that claim to fame. Um, generally speaking, you shouldn't hire anyone off of the Lloyd Carr tree because they were some of the dumbest motherfuckers to ever coach. It, it's a miracle that they won as much as they did because his staffs, I don't know if you've gone back and looked at them. It, they're fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, John Cooper did the Lloyd Carr a lot of favors. Yeah. Um, well, I don't, that would have been, yeah, every Michigan coach. I think Gary Moeller would have benefited quite a bit from that too, but, um, <laughs> Jim Tressel sure didn't. Um, but it, it's just, they hired Scott Leffler to be the head coach and you shouldn't even hire Scott Leffler to be your offensive coordinator. He can't do that well. Uh, he was bad at Bowling Green or at, at, um, at Boston College. He was bad at Florida. <laughs> do you remember when Urban Meyer hired Scott Leffler? I sure do. Um, and he, not just that, Scott Leffler repeatedly kind of came to Ohio State or Urban Meyer's tenure for various football recruiting camps. He was just yeah. always around Urban all the time. Yeah. Um, he sucks. He's a bad football coach. He has dumb ideas about football. I don't think that he is the guy to execute the scheme that they are going for. He's a bad coach. He has a bad staff. His style? Whack. Yeah. His shoes? Whack. His foot stance, whack. Whack, yeah. Us, we're dope as fuck. That's right. Um, can but, we put the clip from that vine in here at this point? <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can do that. Okay. His um, hair, whack. His gear, whack. His jewelry, whack. His foot stance, whack. The way that he talks, whack. The way that he doesn't even like to smile, whack. Me, I'm tight as fuck. Um, but he, I, I can explain a little bit of what he's trying to do here. He's trying to be Buffalo. Right, and mm-hmm. I don't think that that instinct is wrong. He is unfortunately in the same division as Buffalo, which is like if you're in the SEC West and you're trying to do the Alabama thing, which is a, a bad idea. You yeah. shouldn't do that because you can only ever be second. Because what, like twenty coaches have tried it now? Yeah, and it doesn't work. It's sure. there's a reason that it only works at Alabama, and it's because Nick Saban is the head coach. But 
there's a reason that it only works at Buffalo, and it's because Lance Leopold is the head coach, and he's really good at this. Scott Leffler is trying to do a, a ground-and-pound, defense-heavy approach to football in the MAC, which is largely a spread conference, almost exclusively a, a spread RPO conference at this point. He's trying to zig while everyone else zags, and he's just not very good at it. His staff isn't very good. This roster is terrible. Um there are maybe three guys on this team that I think would start for any other MAC team. Damn. Um, they're really bad. And they, they lost, um, if my count is correct here, they lost 14 guys to the transfer portal this offseason. You don't love that. No, including starting running back Andrew Clare, um, four or five receivers. Yeah, five receivers Noah Massey, Isaiah Johnson, Mack, Julian Ortega Jones, Sean Strickland, and Rodell Rahman are all in the transfer portal just from the wide receiver room. Um, multiple offensive linemen, multiple linebackers, couple defensive backs, um, four offensive line starters are gone from this group that was not good last season. Um, it's just, there's not a whole lot here worth even looking at because this team is so bad. Um, I like running back Terry on Stewart enough, I guess he's, he's a lone bright spot. Matt McDonald at quarterback I don't think it's terrible. I believe he's a Boston College transfer. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's just not much else. Defensive end Carl Brooks is pretty good. Um, but it's just it's just very bleak. They, they do have the benefit of being really young, I guess. They have 22 scholarship guys that are sophomores, juniors, and seniors combined. Wow. Everybody else is freshman eligibility. So I guess they could be building towards something. I just don't think it's going to be under Yeah, except they're far less talented than what, yeah. uh, for example, what the team we just talked about, Northern Illinois, is doing with that. You know, they're fifth in the conference instead of third, and it's a it's a big gap between yeah. fifth and third. It's, I, he got rid of Brian Van Gorder, which is a plus, um, but he hired Eric Lewis, who I believe was already on the staff. He just promoted Eric Lewis. Um, it's just, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's very hard to, to find a whole lot of positivity here because unless Terry on Stewart is suddenly awesome, which like he was good last year at running back. He was not bad, mm-hmm. but unless four new offensive line starters all hit and the defense is suddenly, would you bet on that Patrick? I wouldn't probably not. And, and the defense is seriously improved. Mm-hmm. with the departure of Van Gorder, which seems more likely, at least, than the <laughs> offensive line thing. Um, but it, it's just, they hired a run game coordinator who was just at UMass. I don't, he's he's the run game coordinator and the outside linebackers coach. That's so funny. It's just, like it, it's bad. It's really bad. This is a distinctly 1990s program in 2021. That's what Scott Leffler is trying to do, and it's not going to work. That's not how you coach football anymore. Do you want to go to their schedule? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I'm sure it's going to be really beneficial for them here. They lead off at Tennessee. Okay. That's probably <laughs> a loss, right? Yeah. Could Heupel lose that one? I don't think <laughs> I so. I don't think he could. Boy, imagine if Heupel loses that one. That would mm. have to be... I think that the thing that would cause an upset there is if like Tennessee's linebackers don't know how to tackle yet, which isn't impossible, but yeah. it's they would have to really not Would that be the tackle. fastest vindication of any opinion we've had yet in the podcast? He'd, I, get, he'd get fired. Yeah. One game. No, I mean, he wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> Tennessee's I, just like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then they catch South Alabama at home. That's a loss. Yeah, 0-2. They get Murray State at home. That's a win. Probably. That's Probably. an FCS team. Usually yeah. win those. Yeah. They go at Minnesota. 1-3. That's a loss. They go at Kent State. 1-4. They get home against Akron. Mm. You have to win that one. Yeah. Do we give that to them? 
I think I think we should. Okay. I think on this bottom tier, I think the home team. I'm just picking. Okay. Apparently. Yeah. So two and four. Two and four at NIU. We already gave that one to NIU. Yeah. It's two and two five. And five. Uh, home against Eastern Michigan. Two and six. At Buffalo. Okay. Yep. You know, keep them moving. That's <laughs> two and seven. Then a bye week. <laughs> yep. Then Toledo. It's two and eight. Oh God. Then at Miami. <laughs> It's two and nine. Jesus. And then home against OU. Yeah, two, two and ten. ten. Okay. Ooh, boy. Real barn burners here at the bottom of this. So Let's just get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> does, Bo- does Bowling Green finish at the bottom of the East or does Akron? Um, I will predict Bowling Green. Okay. So you think How Ak- about you? Did we say we gave, we gave them the win over Akron? So Akron would have to be three and nine. Correct. Without a win over I Bowling am blindly uh, taking a bet on Akron's okay. uh, schedule without seeing it yet. Okay. Um, we can move on to Akron here. So 2-10, and ten, Scott Leffler, dog shit, get him out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's canceled, sis. That's right. Uh, Akron head coach is Tom Arth. He's in his third year. He's 1-17. <laughs> can I change my opinion on Akron for looking at their schedule for three <laughs> seconds? <laughs> oh, man. That's not encouraging. Um, okay, let's go. Let's get into your thing here. Yeah. So there was nothing good about this team last year they went one and five Great. um they run a pretty good offense i guess they they run a lot of rpo stuff it's it's jeff levy's offense mm-hmm. it's the same thing that a lot of teams in this conference are running um they also do a four two five with a ton of blitzing their defensive coordinator matt feeney is 30 um i like that and he's really aggressive i i don't i don't mind him i just it's another one of those where there's not a ton of talent here um they lose basically nothing which is nice jeremiah knight transferred to uh, he's a wide receiver transferred to ULM because he wants to be reunited with Terry Bowden. My God, um, dude, I can't escape him. I can't escape Terry no, Bowden. Some people really have Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> that man, he's like, I got to go play for Terry Bowden. Um, and then Nate Stewart is another wide receiver who they're losing. But everybody else is back. Um, Tion Dollar, the running back, is back. He's, Great he's really good. Um, I like him a lot. I'm not super confident in their offensive line, but why would you be at this level of the mm-hmm. Mac? Um, quarterback Zach Gibson was super confident and not very good last year, um, which is at we least a, he's a fun version of guy. Yeah, he's the mascot for our podcast. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Um, George Qualls at wide receiver. Anthony Grimes at wide receiver are both back. Cato Nelson, the quarterback, is also back. You might remember mm-hmm. him a couple years ago. was pretty good. Yeah. Um, he's not amazing, but he's he's capable and he's healthy again he had surgery last year and missed pretty much the entire season okay i think he'll be the quarterback um zach gibson is also going to compete for the job as is juco transfer dj irons yeah um, if you think kato nelson was good she's brother plenty okay um <laughs> <laughs> that's where my real rome heads out there yeah <laughs> shout out in the podcast comments if you're a big rome head yeah that's right all right let's move on unbelievable <laughs> um but there's it's it we're gonna say this a lot in tier four and thankfully we're almost out of tier four we'll get on to better teams soon um mm-hmm. there's just not a ton here it, they're, they're still building i i don't hate tom arth i kind of like his energy um i think he's a decent coach he I, does have one win so far he does have one win so far <laughs> but i think that this is a really hard job and that they needed someone who is a program builder and I, I think he is at least kind of that um he runs a he runs a pretty good offense we haven't seen it be good yet but the schemes are good at least um it's just it's tough it's you know it, it's uh it's an uphill battle and he he has not gotten the talent in the transfer portal or in general to to really improve this season i don't think would you like to hear how uphill his battle is yeah let's look at their schedule yeah let's hear it he leads off at the new brian harson auburn Okay. Yeah, that's so, a loss. Yeah, 0-1. Boy, gets, Harson losing that game. 
No, that would be funny. That's another look. We're selling on both Harson oh, and Hypel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he gets Temple at home. Okay, one two. Okay, he gets Bryant at home. That's a win. Yeah, that's a win. That's his second win of the tenure. There you it's go, Tom. Two. And he goes at the Buckeyes. Okay, one and three. Uh, home against OU. Tom Arth beating Ryan Day and then <laughs> Gene Smith just decapitating him yeah, on the sidelines. I, I uh, set up with a sniper rifle yeah, on top of yeah. the bell tower. Parody. Parody. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> just joking. Uh, I don't own that kind of weapon. That's, no. That's the joke. No. One and, um, one and three. What's next year after Ohio State? OU. Okay. One and four. One and four. Uh, I think he gets an Ohio University. Where? Uh-huh, just kidding. Um, pretty good. Okay. Uh, at Bowling Green, we counted that one as a win for BG. Yeah. Uh, that's one in five. Man. Uh, at Miami. Yeah. That's one in six. Jesus Christ. Home against Buffalo. That's one in seven. Then a brief bye week. Does Tom Arth, they're one in seven at this point. Does mm-hmm. Tom Arth make it to the end of the season under these circumstances? I would bet not. Uh, yeah. I would say that that's unlikely. <laughs> yeah. If you start out one in seven, especially oh, when you look at the way he finishes, because it's if he starts out one in seven... Uh, he's not getting a win after the bye week. I'll okay. tell you that. Okay. Because uh, he's getting Ball State at home okay. at Western Michigan, mm-hmm. home against Kent State mm-hmm. at Toledo. Yeah, that's 1-11. That's a 1-11 season. This is the worst team in the MAC. Yeah, so that's that's bottom of the East. And it's not even, man. Does Tom Arth save Scott Leffler's job? Jesus Christ. That's a bad sentence. <laughs> man, I feel for Tom Arth, who's a better coach than Scott Leffler. Yeah. Like, he is. It's just... I, they really, I, I think that the only thing that could that could save this team this year is Tion Dollard being really, really good mm-hmm. and and stealing them a win against like Western and Bowling Green so that they get to three and nine because that's at least improvement. Can I get us out of the Zips preview with a bad joke? Yeah, their fans are going to be saying Tom Arg at the end of the season. All right. the Eastern skit. Michigan is up next. <laughs> we are out of tier four. Woo! Um, we are on. Yes, sir. We are, we are on to tier three. We okay. love to see that. Um, Lead us off, Patrick. Eastern Michigan is actually a program that I like a lot this season. I don't think that they're going to be amazing, but I, I do think that they're going to be pretty good. I could make the case that they should be in tier two. Um, Chris Creighton, of course, is the head coach. This is his eighth season. This is one of the hardest jobs in America. He's 30 and 51. It's mm-hmm. not great, but they're pretty consistently competing for a bowl game, which is really hard to do at Eastern Michigan. Um, last year, they got very, very unlucky. They went two and four, and pretty much all of the losses were really close. Um, their offense was on fire at the end of the season mm-hmm. um, in both of their last two games. They won, and they scored about 50 points per game between the two of them. Um in general, their offense was really good last year. It was 51st in the offensive S&P Plus rankings. Um, they they were 33rd in points per game. They could they could fill it up, and yeah. pretty much the entire offense is back. Um, quarterback Preston Hutchinson is the name that you need to know. He's fine. I don't think that he's amazing. He's no he's not going to be the best quarterback in the MAC or anything, but he sure. can, he can get the job done. Um, Hassan Baidun is back. Tanner Canoe is back. Keon Williams is back. All at wide receiver. All three were really good last season. Hassan Baidun is is a slot freak. Um, he is impossible to cover out of the slot. Yeah, he's open every single play. And I think some of these returners on offense, and just generally like Creighton's offensive pedigree, kind of means that this team can score with, I'd say, at least two thirds of the MAC. 
right? Yeah. Which means they're going to be in every game. They have a four-win floor here, which is higher than usual at Eastern Michigan. Yeah. Because the offense is going to be really good. I think it's like top 40 in the SP Plus levels of good. That's it, impressive. It's, it's really good. Um, both running backs, Darius Boone and Samson Evans are back. The running game wasn't great last year. Mm-hmm. They, they were more of a passing team, but both running backs are capable. It's more of an offensive line question. Um the so I'm sure you're asking what's the drawback? Why well, this this team sounds great? Um, the defense is bad. They are they are bad. They're really bad. Yeah, yeah. One twenty fifth in SP plus. Hmm. Um, Blake Bogan is back at safety. He didn't play much last season, so there there's a benefit there. Kempton Shine at cornerback is also back. Okay. I don't think that the the pass defense is going to be as bad. Um, Teron Rush up front is also back, a really good pass rusher. Yeah. Um, Always of, love when a defensive lineman has a name yes. that kind of describes his job like yes. that. Um, he, he might help out, I guess. I don't think that the, <laughs> that the run defense is going to be anything at all. I think it could be like bottom 10 in mm-hmm. the country. I don't think that the pass defense is going to be as bad, which should help. Um, and I think if you pair that... Maybe they can force a few turnovers with what should be a really good offense. I think you have a pretty good team here. I, I think that you have a perfectly capable MAC team um, in terms of, you know, like you said, competing with just about everybody that they play because they're going to be able to score on anybody. Okay. Yeah. Um, what does the schedule look like here? Well, they open up with uh, a Pennsylvania standby. Uh, St. Francis University. Okay. I believe that's the Red Storm. So, 1-0? Uh, I would say about a quarter of my teachers growing up in Pittsburgh went to St. Francis. Let's go. Uh, all right, cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they go at Wisconsin. That's a loss. Yeah, that's a loss. They go at UMass. That's a win. Yeah. Um, they get Texas State at home. That's a win. That's a win. 3-1. and one. They go at NIU. Mm. I say that's a win. Yeah, I that's, we gave that to them before. Yeah, right? that's a win. That's 4-1. and one. They get Miami at home. I say it's a loss. Mm, yeah, probably. Miami, is, and we're going to talk about this, Miami and Ohio are both very difficult to place in the MAC because they yeah. both played three games last year. Right. Yeah. Um, but we'll tentatively say that that's a loss. I think that, that could be a toss-up. That's going to be one of, we'll, we'll, I'll tell you why at the end here, that's going to be one of a couple games that kind of hinges their, uh, the way that they make 500 here because they're yeah. going to have a couple other wins coming up. Um, they get Ball State at home. That is a loss. So yeah. That puts them at four and three. Yeah. Um, You're a little bit more sold on Ball State than I am, but we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> they go at Bowling Green. That's a win. Yeah. That's five and three. They get a bye week. Mm-hmm. At Toledo's a loss. Yeah. Five and four. Ohio U at home is five and five. Yeah, that's a loss. They then finish with two in-state rivals. They go home against Western Michigan and at Central Michigan. They need. They would need to win one in the scenario to get to 500. I think that they do win one. I think they beat Central. I don't think they beat Western. Um I, uh, yeah, I think final game of the year at Central, needing to get to 500 to get to a bowl, I think they can get that win. Yeah, I think they beat Central. I don't think they can beat Western. Western's of course, if, be they, good. if they beat Miami early in the year, like you said, they might. Yeah, that yeah. takes the pressure off. I could see that as well. I, I, I think 7-5 and five is very much possible. 8-4 and four is probably the ceiling. 5-7 mm-hmm. and seven is probably the floor. Yeah, I mean, they're not beating Toledo, Wisconsin. Uh I would say they're not beating Ball State or Ohio either. Yeah, so it's it's uh it's tricky, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that this is if this team goes eight and four. That's a fantastic season. Yeah, the, if this team goes eight and four, it means that the defense is forcing a lot of turnovers. It means that Koran Rush is re- is leading a good pass rush up front, and it means that the offense is as awesome as we think it can be, which probably also intend entails Preston Hutchinson improving 
down the field Mm -hmm. because he took a lot of risks last season and most of them paid off because he has good receivers but he needs to be a little bit smarter with the football I think he's he's got talent he's a pretty good player he just he was very very committed to throwing the ball down the field on a lot of plays they're fun to watch I would recommend watching Eastern Michigan um he's just he gets himself into trouble sometimes he's he's a little bit too confident for his own good in uh in some circumstances so I I think that this team has a higher ceiling than the other team in tier three Mm -hmm. um Probably has a higher floor, too. I think that they have a case to be in Tier 2, essentially. Um, Other team in Tier 3 is Central Michigan. That's fired up. Yeah. Jim McElwain is your head coach. This is his third year. He's 11-9. and We Um, love Jim McElwain. We are indifferent on Jim McElwain. He's a real shark in this conference. (laughs) Um, They had a pretty good offense last season, 41st in points per game. Um, Not as good in the SP+. SP+, did not look kindly on to Central Michigan. It had them 90th. they they get like a lot of teams in this conference. They get a lot of players back. Mm-hmm. Um, quarterback Daniel Richardson is back. He was fine. I don't think he's amazing, but he wasn't terrible. Um, quarterback Ty Brock is also back. They did the weird thing where you bring in a running quarterback on some plays to run, which we don't love. The Tate Martell special. Yeah, the Tate Martell special. Certainly not just to keep them from transferring. It's it's because they're good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Willie Reed at safety is really good. He was first team all Mac as a freshman at safety, which is Impressive. a hard position to play as a freshman. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of a quarterback battle here because Richardson is, like I mentioned, the returning starter. Bro- mm-hmm. Brock is the best runner and a familiar face is here. You guys know Jacob Sermon? The former Washington quarterback. Mm-hmm. You familiar at all with Jacobs? One of the many Jacobs they've had. Yeah, they've had so yeah. many Jakes and Jacobs come through there. Yeah, it seemed like for a while there that he was going to be the starter this last season, right? Um, then they got Sam Huard. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or not, I mean, not for last year, but they will for this year. I don't know anything about what happened to Washington in 2020. I did not pay any attention to Washington football. Did they play? I mean, yeah, they won their division. They were supposed to go to the Pac-12 title game, but then they had a COVID ineligibility, so Oregon went in their stead and beat USC because of Kayvon Thibodeau whipping USC's ass for three hours. He really throttled them. Anyway, Jacob Sermon is here. He's going to compete with Daniel Richardson and I guess Ty Brock, maybe. Um, So they're going to have a pretty good quarterback. I I think that the quarterback here is not really an issue. The concern is everything else. Um, Khalil Pimpleton is back at wide receiver. He's good. They couldn't run. I like him a lot. Yeah, Yeah, he's really good. He's an NFL guy. They couldn't run even a little bit last season. Their yeah. offensive line was was as inconsistent as you will find, and their defense was just okay. Um, it was super young. I think it will get better, specifically on the back end, but it's still probably not going to be very good or anything. Just I think that the improvement is probably to fine. Um, Kevin Barbe is the new offensive coordinator. He's nothing special. He's a longtime McElwain guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Zordich is also here, the former Michigan defensive backs coach, which mm-hmm. I think is a good thing for Central Michigan. I think he's a good coach. I just don't know about him as a recruiter. Um, yeah, I mean, his defensive backs had a lot of pressure on them, obviously. I'd say he's yeah. actually probably a little bit of a better evaluator than we give him credit for. Like yeah. finding Kalik Hudson, which I'm pretty sure was him. Out of Pittsburgh as a three-star guy. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty impressive get, and obviously turned into a great player. His resume isn't terrible either. I mean, Jordan Lewis was on that list. Jabril Peppers played under him. Mm-hmm. Khalid Hudson, like you mentioned. They had some good defensive backs. Yeah. It's just, it's hard to do that Khalid when you're... Hudson, the best Michigan defensive back in the last two decades. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. And it's uh, he was doing this in a really, really difficult defensive system for defensive backs. Mm-hmm. Like that, that heavy man coverage stuff is hard to do. 
that is that is tricky, and I don't think that it's going to be as difficult here. Just real quick here before we get away from the clean cuts and talk, yeah. I do want to point out that he had a losing record against the uh, infamous Gateway Gators of Monroe, Pennsylvania. Okay, uh, his high school rival. Uh, nobody beats a Gator, as they say. That's right. Um, but uh, I, I think, generally speaking, they should improve on defense at least a little bit. I don't think mm-hmm. that the offense is in for a huge step forward. It's really going to depend on Pimpleton, I think. If he is as good as we think he can be, then he's going to be the guy that they entrust to lead this offense. And I think that they will have a decent quarterback to get it to him. Him and Dallas Dixon are both pretty good at wide receiver. Um, it's going to be a lot of how good is the running game, how good is the offensive line at keeping the quarterback upright, and which quarterback emerges from the quarterback battle. Yeah. It should be interesting to watch. I don't think that they're going to be especially good, but I don't think they're terrible either. Do you want to go through their schedule? Yeah, let's do it. All right. They lead off at Mizzou. Okay, that's... Which is tough. Yeah, that's probably a loss. I, a loss. I like Mizzou. Yeah. Me too. They get Robert Morris at home. One that's and a one. win. Yep. They go at LSU. Mm, that is that's a loss. a loss, yeah. To be fair, you do want to get LSU earlier and not later. Yeah. But uh, they're still going to lose that game. Do you think LSU bounces back this year? Uh, I think they'll be third in their division. Okay, so like eight and four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So probably probably year. not a win for Central Michigan. Right. 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 They get FIU at home. That's a win. That's a win. Two, two and, two. and two. They go at Miami. That's a toss up game. I think the road we're factor. Gonna, we're gonna get to Miami and we're gonna have them at like ten and two somehow. Um, so I do. Goes. I do think it's a loss though. I think Miami gets a lot of very favorable games at home. Like yeah, these toss-ups yeah, all seem to be schedule. at home. Yeah, and they also go at Ohio, which is not a loss. Two and four. Two and four yep. start. Toledo at home. Two and five. five. Yeah, they get NIU at home. That's a win. They yep. bounce back. Then a bye week. Mm-hmm. Then at Western Michigan, which I think is a loss. Yeah, that's three and six. Kent State at home. Three and three seven. And seven. Man. At Ball State. Probably three and three eight. And, eight. Damn. and we already gave Eastern Michigan a win over Central Michigan. Three and nine. That's a yeah. tough schedule. Yeah, that is a tough Playing schedule. Two SEC teams is not smart. No, the, and then that that uh, that Miami game is really that one and, and Eastern are the toss up. And even if you win both of those, you're five and seven. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think that this is. We might have missed tiered them, or maybe they belong in their own tier, and Eastern Michigan should be. In, uh, it, I think you can make a case for that certainly. Yeah. Um. So this would put them at second in the second lowest in the West. Tough. Um. Times is tough. Not great. Um. All right. Do you want to move on to tier two? I would love to. All right. Let me make sure that I'm not accidentally going out of order here. So we've got Ohio. Mm-hmm. We've referenced Ohio a couple times. Um, sort big of Bobcats guy. Big Bobcats guy. Yeah. Big option guy over there. Yeah. Um, Frank Solich is obviously the head coach. It goes without saying at this point that Frank Solich yeah, is the head Frank coach. Frank Solich has been there since time immemorial. Uh, Frank yeah. Solich crawled out of the primordial ooze to coach the Ohio Bobcats. Yeah, a lot of people don't know this. Frank Solich actually founded the state of Ohio. Um <laughs> Did you, Ryan, did you, I'm going to ask you a question here. Do you mm-hmm. know that they were 24th in points per game last season and 7th in points per game allowed? I plead the 5th. Yeah. I saw I answer all questions. Huh? Okay. Um, the, the, no, I did not know that. That's very the, impressive. The issue here, they were 2-1. and one. <laughs> They played three games. Mm. And you, you got to play more games than that. And if memory serves, let me check myself here to make sure that I'm right. Those two wins came against, as I stretch out my words to try and load this uh-huh. up um akron and bowling green <laughs> the hmm. loss was to central michigan well <laughs> troubling <laughs> that's not a lot of information to work with i would say Mm-mm. now patrick do you recall our critique earlier in the year um we were talking about building programs we mentioned that ohio needs to be recruiting 
more linemen that like to drink. Do you remember that critique yes. that we levied? Yeah. Do you think they've improved on that this offseason? No. They got TJ Jackson from Virginia Tech, who's an offensive tackle. I don't they know. The Blacksburg boys. I don't know his opinion on drinking. He seems pro. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I don't think that that... Did I don't, you DM him? <laughs> <laughs> hey, TJ. What do you think get, about beer? We got a beer, dude. <laughs> Dude, come on, let's hang out. <laughs> oh, man. But um, this team, it, like Ryan said, there's just not a ton to work with here. It's not a lack of talent or anything. Like, this mm-hmm. program is good. Ohio's program is good. They're going to be bowl eligible, yeah. I think. It's just, we don't know a whole lot about these guys. Um, the, the quarterback, the returning quarterback is Curtis Rourke, who is of the Rourke family, who essentially has a... a Mickey Rourke, son? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they essentially have a claim to the throne that is the Ohio quarterback job. Yeah. It belonged to Nathan Rourke for 35 years, and now it will belong to <laughs> Curtis Rourke for 35 Long years. Long may he reign. Yeah, it, they just... The Rourkes are, for whatever reason, really good at playing quarterback at Ohio. Um, he... I'll say he's fine. Um, I don't think he's amazing or anything. I don't think Nathan was amazing. I, I think that they are perfectly good for whatever they have to do at Ohio, which yeah. is run the pistol option. They're capable. Um, Curtis is it's in the living. same. Yeah, yeah, he's in the same. <laughs> he's in the same thing. He's cut from the same cloth. Armani Rogers is also here from, from UNLV. He can't throw to save his life. He's a good runner. But yeah. He cannot throw to save his That's life. That's a guy you might just want to put in some packages. That's what they did. Yeah. 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 They pretty much just let him run. Um, and he was good. He was good at it. It worked, which it doesn't usually work. But when you run the option, it works. Um, Curtis worked through the ball like 44 times last season. There's really not a ton that we can glean from that. He didn't throw interceptions. He doesn't really throw incompletions. He doesn't throw the ball down the field. You you get what you get with these guys. Yeah. Um, the name to know here on offense is Demontre Tuggle, the running back. He's he's, good, yeah. he's awesome. He um, he's one of those running backs that also returns kicks, which is a very specific kind of running back. Um, he's really really good. He is the entire offense here. It's Ohio, so the line is going to be good. It's always good. It could be great if they have enough guys that drink beer, as Ryan said. That's right. Um, Isaiah Cox out of the slot is good. Shane Hooks at wide receiver is good. There's not much else about the offense that stands out to me. They're not going to pass the ball very much. It's kind of funky that, I mean, you would think with Solich just being there now for a million years, like he would recruit better than most of the teams in this conference. No. But he really does. Like he just has never, I, I should say never, like five years ago they were recruiting pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh they're now 10th in the conference in talent. And, like, given, like, where that university stacks up in terms of, like, its appeal, I mean, that should not be the case. Like, this is a much yeah. more fun place to go to school and also, like, a little more, like, of a better school than in most, most of the teams in the conference. Yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty inexcusable to be 10th in the ta- talent deposit in the MAC. It doesn't seem to hurt them, though. Is I, I, yeah, I, 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 guess, system, I guess obviously. they could be winning conference championships is the argument. Ever. If they, if they yeah, had... Ever win one. Yeah, if they had, like, a Sean Lewis type rather than someone mm-hmm. who runs a very specific system. I'm not sure if the option is an amazing fit for Ohio, right? I don't know if you need to do that there, Yeah, you're not. Like, it, Akron might want to run that. Akron might want to run it. Eastern might want to run it. That kind of thing. Yeah. It's a harder sell at Ohio where you're in a pretty talented area. Like you said, it's a fun place to go to school. I think that there are things you can sell there you can make the argument that behind toledo western michigan and northern illinois it has the most natural advantage of any program in the conference yeah and just has kind of consistently underachieved under solich yeah and i I think that it's you know i don't even know if i would say underachieved it's just it knows what it is and i'm not sure that that if you don't win a conference you underachieve 
like you got to I mean come on maybe I think that it has resigned itself to a fate that it maybe doesn't need to resign itself to I'm not sure that I would blame Solich for that I think that he's doing exactly what he told him that he would, that he would do I yeah. think it might just be more of a program issue than it is a Solich issue I think mm-hmm. it, it's a an athletic director issue I would like to think just his final year as coach he'll win the conference just get carried out on their shoulders like Earl Bruce or something and then they'll dump the french fries on his head that's right yeah um, but you wanna take a look at your schedule or do you have any um, more points you want to go over I'll talk about the defense a little okay. bit it's fine it wasn't very good last season I think it will get better this year mm-hmm. um, a whole bunch of, of defensive backs are, are returning Jamison Collier and Jet Elad at safety are both back liked him a lot in high school yeah he's good um, Key Thompson is also here at linebacker um, I don't think it's going to be amazing but I don't think it's going to be terrible either mm-hmm. um Losing Ilias Motley at cornerback is brutal. They needed to bring him back, and he's not coming back. I think that the pass defense is going to suffer because of it. Yeah, but I think the run defense should be pretty good. You'd say it'll be a Motley crew. That's right. Um, <laughs> what is the schedule? Look okay, like they lead off. This is going to be a spicy one, and they could win this game home against Syracuse. Oh, that's a win. I think that's a win. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a win. Ohio's better than Syracuse. That's okay. One and zero. They get Duquesne at home. Is Syracuse going to win a game this season? We will discuss that in the ACC preview in All three right. months. All right. Yeah. <laughs> two and zero. Uh, two and zero against Duquesne. Now, I will say Duquesne is one of the better FCS programs out there. That's fair. I still think Ohio. I, I yeah, think they win. Ohio yeah. wins. If they, we're not talking about Akron here. You're right. You're right. They go at Louisiana, which is a clean loss. That yeah, is a, a thirty-point loss. I don't know if I'd say thirty, but I do think Louisiana wins and then doesn't really try in the second half. Fair enough. Uh, they go at Northwestern, which is a loss. Yeah, it's two and two. At Akron is a win. Yep, three and two. Central Michigan at home, that's four and two. Yeah. At Buffalo is a loss. That's four and three. They get Kent State at home. Hmm. Yeah, that's a game. If you win, that can turn your season. You know what I'm I'm gonna say? I think that that's like a Wednesday night game or something. I don't know if they when do they start playing Saturday those? game? Is it? Yeah. Um, man. it's the week before they begin those. Oh man, is it? Do we do we know what time it kicks? TBA. Mm. If that's a night game, Ohio wins. That's my. I like that prediction. Yeah. So I'm gonna go five and three. I I think Ohio pull. I think that Kent State is prone to glitches. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. I then, I think Ohio wins. Then they get. Halloween weekend off for a bye week. Man. I hope their roster makes it through that oh, weekend. Oh, God. Oh, God. Think about this. Think about Athens in the first few months after the pandemic ends <laughs> on Halloween weekend without <laughs> a football game to worry about. Those boys are going to be on one. Demontre Tuggle, bro, stay away from the parties. <laughs> You're too important to they, us. If they can keep that team oh, shit. <laughs> intact. They'll be fine. Then they get Miami at home, which I think I, they win that game. Yeah, I have to say real quick also, mm-hmm. that Kent State game is going to be so much fun That's to gonna watch. Be, we're going to watch that one. Yeah, yeah, that one's going to be a blast. So we uh, got 6-3. and three Yeah, we got 6-3 and three after the Miami win, right? Yeah. We think they'd be Miami? I think so. Okay. Yeah. They go at Eastern. We said that's a win for Ohio earlier, right? Yeah. That is a tough game, though. That's not that easy. That is tough, yeah. Um, especially if Eastern goes up early. Yeah. Uh, it's 7-3. Seven that's three. also going to be a fun game. There are, I'm yeah. going to say right now, that's there, a Tuesday are, night there are going that's to a, be a lot of good games in the MAC this that's season. That's a action game. Yeah, there are a lot of fun teams here. Um, they get Toledo at home. That's probably that's a loss. A loss. That's yeah. Seven and four. Then they go at Bowling Green to close the season eight for eight and four. four. Solich is year. on par. I mean, that is just, yeah, <laughs> literally. He is committed to the bit. Uh, since it's Masters Week, we'll lead into this. Or actually, when you guys hear this, the Masters have just concluded, in which case, I assume all of my bets were correct. Uh, Frank Solich is Tony Finau. I mean, you know what I mean? He can get you a top five or top ten finish yep. every single week. He just can never, ever, 
ever win when it like really comes out of the chase. And we love him for it. Um, mm-hmm. On to Miami, head coach is Chuck Martin, the nation's least, uh, <laughs> the nation's least lucky man. Yeah, he Chuck Martin has had so many games go the exact wrong way. They that, actually made the movie Good Luck Chuck about Chuck Martin. People is, don't know that. That is true. Um, they were two and one last season. They're another one of these teams that did not really play any football. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know much about them. Their SP plus ratings are not good. One oh. 6, 103, 101 overall offensive and defensive respectively. I, I will say I just kind of ambivalently hate this school. Why? I, don't really, I mean, I, is it the Oxford thing? Is it the, the Oxford the thing? Boat shoes? It's like on the boat shoes. Yeah. It's the pastels. It's yeah. the it's the seersucker. Mm-hmm. Buddy, you are not in you know Georgia. You are in Ohio. You gotta yeah. cool it. You gotta cool down. Well, as a product of New Albany High School, I do have to legally fight you now to defend <laughs> my honor. Yeah, but... I'm sorry to you to defend 47 percent of your graduating class mm-hmm. that go there. Yeah, uh, and certainly will not join any sort of skull and bones type societies where they do no. any kind of illegal initiation rituals no um i'm sure they are not doing that whatsoever no going Um, going yachting in a fucking swamp all on the up and up yep um (laughs) miami last season (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) Uh, miami last season was fine it's another one of those like Mm -hmm. i said like with ohio we don't know much about this team they didn't play a whole lot last season um brett gabbard is back at quarterback as is aj meyer or mayor who um kind of took the job from him last year brett gabbard got hurt early on in the season i i like the idea of him i don't like that he was like a 46 percent completion percentage passer last year Mm -hmm. i do like that he throws the ball down the field um he didn't make a ton of mistakes in terms of interceptions he just doesn't complete a lot of passes um, but he's he's pretty explosive. I think that Brett Gabbard is probably the better efficiency option. It's just it depends on the kind of thing that you want to go for yeah. on offense. Um, Jalen Bester and Ty- Tyree Shelton are both back at running back. Jack Sorensen, who was awesome at wide receiver, is back. Uh, not to interrupt the order we're going in here, too, mm-hmm. but I, I, although Shelton and Bester are back, I do not think they will be leading the backfield in carries this year. Okay. Uh, Isaiah Bauer transferring in. Yeah. He's had some injury problems, obviously, in his career at Northwestern. Yeah. Uh, but that dude is an ass kicker at running back. Yeah, he, he is. He, he is just a physical, tough guy to bring down. And he's been playing in the Big Ten. Yeah. He might steam. Like, he, we might get. He's not nearly as good as this player. I'm not saying this in terms of overall comparison. But you might get some Jarrett Patterson type highlights where he just puts someone on the hood a few times a game. Yeah, he could do that. I, I like Isaiah Bowser. I don't like his speed at all. He's, no, he's, he's very slow. slow but yeah. I, I do think that, like you said, he can run through some dudes. Mm-hmm. He's going to need some help with the offensive line. Yeah. It loses a few starters. Um, Tommy Doyle specifically is the one that stands out. Six foot eight, 300, like 330 plus. He's going to get drafted. He's good. Um, and he's gone, which is unfortunate. Um, so I think that Bowser will need some help, as will Bester and Shelton. But I, I don't think that the running game is going to be a huge issue here. I'm a little bit more concerned about the quarterback battle. Um, I think I prefer Brett Gabbert, um, who I believe is the brother of Blaine, Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't think either is an excellent option. And Jack Swanson is their only receiver. Um, the uh, the good news for Miami is that the defense mm-hmm. is going to be awesome. Ten guys return from the defense, um, ten starters at least. Um, Ivan Pace at linebacker, Sterling Weatherford at safety, who is massive. He's like six foot four uh, as a safety. He's like Craig Young sized. That's great. Um, Cameron Butler up front is really good, and he's back. Lonnie Phelps is back at defensive tackle. Ryan McWood, who's a former walk on linebacker, Phelps was good, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. A lot of these defenders individually were good. It's yeah. just. 
piecing mm-hmm. it all together. Sure. Um, they were pretty young last season, and they returned a whole bunch of seniors, like 16 super seniors or something like that. That's helpful. I yeah. mean, that is certainly helpful. Yeah, they returned pretty much every member of that 2020 team. The issue is that that 2020 team didn't really do a whole lot of football. They sort of just sat around. Um, and that makes it a little bit difficult. Um, one interesting thing here is that they hired James Patton, who was the run game coordinator at Eastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. Eastern- George Patton's son. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to keep doing this all day. Um, the- Eastern Michigan wasn't great at running the football last season mm-hmm. and generally hasn't been under Chris Creighton. They've kind of been led by good quarterbacks. Mike Glass was another one. The uh, the one who what, did he punch a ref? Do you remember that in a bowl game? I have no recollection. I think he of that. punched a ref in a bowl game, which That's is awesome. which is baller. Yeah, um, <laughs> I can't. I, I want to give him some more wins now. Looking at the schedule, I can't remember what he did specifically with a ref. He got into an altercation with a ref during a bowl game. He gave him the business. Fifteen he, yards. Gave him the business. Um, they don't do a ton interesting on the actual scheme side of things. Mm-hmm. No one in the MAC does. It's a lot of RPO and a lot of four two five. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the, I, I think that the talent is here, and they just landed the number three class in the MAC, which is weird because I don't think that I would want to play for Chuck Martin. He doesn't seem to have anything going on. Doesn't have much charisma. I mean, not just the, th- the third class, the MAC, but they were already fourth in the talent composite rankings last yeah. year. So I mean, I imagine they'll either stay there or go higher. I mean, they have a chance to pass with Illinois, right? Yeah, nineteen three stars in that class. That's really good in the MAC. <laughs> that yeah, is, that's a big deal. Um, so good education, I, yeah. I think that Miami is another one of those kind of like Eastern Michigan where the floor is, is fairly high. I'm not sure that the ceiling here at Miami is quite as high as it is mm-hmm. at Eastern because I don't think that either unit is going to be as good as the Eastern offense is. It's a competent team. It's like yeah, it's so steady. I almost feel like you could move Miami down into that weird tier with Eastern Michigan, um, mm-hmm. sort of a tier three, where whereas Central is alone in tier four. Um, I, don't, I don't love this team, but I do think that they're probably going to be in a lot of one-score games, and they're older than a lot of teams in the MAC, which is sure. beneficial in those sort of situations. What does the schedule look like here? So they lead off with two tough games. They're going at Cincinnati yeah. and at Minnesota. That's 0-2. They're going to get steamrolled. Yeah. yeah. They get LIU, which I believe is Long Island University That's at home. a win. Yep. Yeah, that's a win. Uh, they go at Army. Mm. I... Th- I mean, that's, you just don't want to play a triple team. That's, that sucks. That's a loss. One and you three. You think it's a loss? Yeah, that's a bad idea. They get Central at home. I believe we gave it to, we gave it the one to Miami, right, before? I think so, it's yeah. Two and three. They go at Eastern, which is a loss, I would say. Yeah. Two and four. Wait, we I think we gave that to uh, we gave that to, to Miami earlier. Mm, there's no way to know. I'll take your word for it. I'm going to go back and yeah, that was one of our toss-ups. I'm going to go back and retroactively change Eastern Michigan to seven and five because I don't think Miami wins that game. Okay, so okay, two and four. Okay, so we're two and four. They're going to beat Akron their next yep. game. That's three and four. Um, they have at Ball State that is a loss in my opinion. That's yep. three and five. They get their bye week again, Halloween. Just a whole max taking Halloween off. Jesus Christ, that uh, is a bad idea. <laughs> then they go. At OU, just in time to recover from their hangovers for that game. Uh, that's a loss. That one's going to be lethargic, I think. <laughs> that's three that's and gonna six. That's going to be a very sleepy football game. We have them at three and six now? Is that yep. right? Yeah, yep. three and okay. six. Um, they get uh, home against Buffalo. That is a loss. That's three and seven. Yeah. They're going to beat Bowling Green. Yep. Four and seven. And they go at Kent State. That's four and eight. Mm. They got to find a way to win one or two of this game, so they're going to lose. Yeah, they got to beat Army. They have to beat Ohio, and they have to beat Army. I think if that, that I think that's the path to bowl eligibility. Yeah, and that's that, at least said than done. at least Ohio is is post 
Halloween. That's the best time to get Ohio. <laughs> I love I, the word listen, we're listen. not. I will say we're not joking about yeah, this. This is America's only college football podcast that will predict based on hangover games. <laughs> yes, it's a real thing. I mean, it really like if you guys aren't from Ohio, <laughs> I don't think you understand what the Halloween parties at OU are like. Yeah, like they are. This clear is out the whole town for three days yes. of drinking kind of situation. This is a real concern for Ohio. Like this yes. is a thing. I I guarantee you will have you. players miss practice over yes. hangover. I, you really will. I, I guarantee you, if we could get a hold of Frank Solich or his director of operations, more likely the director of operations. Off the record. And, yeah, and we asked him, how frequently do you guys talk about this when Halloween comes around? Like, how worried are you? I think he would say that they are as worried about that as they are about anything else that's happening in the program. Yeah, they have. They also have those fest parties, right? Like Number Fest yeah. and uh, various other ones. Yeah. I believe they have two of them in the spring, but there might be one in the fall as well. Yeah. I think they try to get them out of football season <laughs> to protect the team <laughs> a little more. <laughs> but it just is what it is, you know. So um so we've got them at uh what, four and eight, four we said, and right? Eight. Yeah. That's it's tough. the same thing. I will say sometimes people like if your if your frame of reference for football is more rooted in the South, which some people who listen you know, listening it is, mm-hmm. um, this is the same reason that like LSU has crazy drop off games sometimes, right? Like there are programs <laughs> that just have this baked into their DNA where once or twice a season their players are all going to fucking die over the weekend and then they're going to have to go play a football game the next week and they're not going to look good. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I think that that's a very funny part of college football. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that that is deeply spent in the way that like the Rockets at once a month playing just absolute dog shit yeah. because like James Harden went to the strip club. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. I, I, I enjoy that a lot. I sure. think that it's very funny and that is absolutely something that will get my that will get Ohio. So if Miami wants to be bowl eligible, it needs to win that game essentially. And then, awesome. and then the army game, I don't think they will though. Would you like to head up to Western Michigan, Patrick? Yeah, let's do it. This is still tier two. Um, we're, mm-hmm. we're not quite on to tier one. We have, I think this is the last tier two team, right? That sounds right to me. Yeah. Um, so Western, if you, if you guys haven't picked up on this already, I'm pretty high on Western this year. Like, a lot more than so than I thought I would be. Um, I don't love Tim Lester. I'm kind of indifferent on him. He seems okay, I guess. He's not PJ Fleck, but mm-hmm. he's he's there. Um, but last season, their offense... So they played six games. This is not a, a three-game special. They went four and two. They were very close to being undefeated. <laughs> very, very, very close. They are one of a couple teams that was very close to being undefeated. Um, but they were 10th in points per game and 28th in offensive SP+. Plus. Their offense was really, really good. Yeah, that's a fun offense. Yeah, and it's all... They have been for years. Yeah, yeah. It is all because of the passing game, specifically Caleb Ellaby, the quarterback here, who is the best quarterback that you haven't heard of. Um, The Mac has a couple of these guys. Um, Dustin Crum, I think at this point people know who that is. Mm -hmm. But Caleb Ellaby is really, really good. He is is going to be special. Um, he was already pretty special. They also just uh, selfishly here, uh, as a as I've you know made my brand pretty well known. I am a whippy old Pittsburgh guy. Yeah, this team is pretty chock full of Pittsburgh talent, believe it or not. Yeah, uh, Sky Moore is a Pittsburgh kid. They're yeah. like star receiver. Yeah, wide receiver, part of that passing game. He's really good. Yeah, uh, Bryson Garner is a pit transfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryson, aka Big Gucci, is his nickname, which Let's I go. love that for yeah, him. He's a safety. Uh, he's yeah. gonna, he's really good. And I believe Patrick Lupro. Maybe he's a Pittsburgh kid too. I can't quite Could remember. Be. Cornerback also good. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, as you mentioned, Sky Moore, Jalen Hall is also back at wide receiver. They lose Dwayne Eskridge, which hurts, but I it's not super difficult to replace, I don't think. I, yeah. I think they should be fine. And Ladarius Jefferson at running back is also back, um, which is okay. Their their running game is not the appeal here. It's the passing game. Mm-hmm. Um, four starting linemen are back as well, which is a, a nice thing to have. Yeah. Um, the appeal here, as we have sort of alluded to, is the passing game. This is going to be the best passing attack in the MAC, I think. Um, the only one that could really compete with it is Kent State with with Dustin Crum, and I think the receivers here are better. I'm, I'm just I'm uh, with you. Yeah, um, I think that this offense is going to be very very special. I think the defense is not as bad as Eastern Michigan says. What is Hall built like? Because Moore's a little on the undersized kind of side of the spectrum here. Uh, yeah, sorry, I guess you know off the top of your head, it's not no, bad. Yeah, fine. Um, um, let's see here. He is six foot four, one eighty five. Okay, that helps. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, like, like Moore is more of a natural slot receiver. I would say he's a guy named Sky Moore. Of course, he's he's going to be a slot receiver. Yeah. That's a slot receiver. Yeah, and he had to go up against a lot of really good defensive backs. I mean, like Pittsburgh has kind of fallen off football talent production, but its defensive backs have been incredible for the last decade now. Yeah, uh, and he faced a lot of really good defensive backs in high school. Yeah, um, like I said, offense is going to be very special. Defense is, I think, better than Eastern Michigan's would mm-hmm. be. This is a very similar team to Eastern Michigan. This is, I think, a better version of Eastern Michigan essentially um i will mention specifically not as not as like a this is a game changer but as a i think that this guy is really funny um no sackle ralph ralph holly is back he looks like two chains and he wears number eight despite being 300 pounds let's go i love him i he has that like rocks. he has a nose ring as a defensive tackle he's okay uh, he, he we're ro- all the way out of this yeah guy. he rocks uh so shout out to Ra- to ralph holly who is cool um Offense is going to be really good. Defense is is really really ag- aggressive. It's also really glitchy. I think that you can get points on these guys, mm-hmm. um, but I think they're going to be really fun to watch. Um, yeah. probably not a, a title contender, but if the defense takes a big step forward, they certainly could be with this offense. I think you glossed over this. They also do have an offensive guard named Mike, aka Frank Caliendo. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Do you, do you have any impressions? You want to break out here, Patrick? Any? No. <laughs> We've done enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Would you like to get on to their schedule? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I got to be honest with you, it's, it's not very advantageous. Okay. Man, it's, does anyone in the MAC have a good schedule? Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, these <laughs> MAC teams, like, uh, institutionally, they have some of the lowest attendance in all of college football. They need to have these uh, buy games, B-U-Y game, you know, B-U-Y yeah. buy, yeah. Uh, to fund their athletic departments. Yeah, if you want these teams to have volleyball, they have to play LSU. That's like, the way that it is. There was a reason the MAC talked about canceling football whenever the Big Ten said they weren't playing non-con games last year. Like, that hurts the conference at an unbelievable level. Yeah. Um, with that being said, they start out at Michigan. Okay, so 0-1? Yes. Um, mm. it, look, I would love to say they'll beat Michigan. You, <laughs> <laughs> new defense. Breaking in a new defense. I'm actually willing to say that's a toss-up game. Ooh, where's it at? You said at it's Michigan. It's at Michigan. Mm. Western Michigan's fan base trap. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, mm. New defensive coordinator. Do we want to call that? Yeah, let's do it. Want to know. Oh they're, my they're god! They're gonna beat Michigan. And, and to clarify, I'm, Jim Harbaugh will be fired if he loses that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that man is on a one-year contract just perpetually. This is gonna look. I mean, like I, I, I don't, I don't know if I should actually think they're gonna beat Michigan. 
they will make this like it'll be a one or two score game. This like, is going to be a, a an extremely distressing result for Michigan fans. I think regardless yes. of whether Western Michigan wins, or this not. is going to be one of those games where your buddy texts you, "Hey, put on ESPN two right yeah. now." <laughs> I, I'm also going to say here as a disclaimer. Ryan is an Ohio State fan. I of am. Course. I am not. I cover the team. I don't like Ohio State. I, sure. I'm, I'm Patrick's a arguably a hater. That's yeah. We're we're saying it. We're hearing it. So this is not me <laughs> picking against Michigan because I don't like Michigan. Yeah, I am a I'm, homer. I'm perfectly fine with Michigan. I don't really care either way. Um, this is me picking against Michigan because I'm a Western Michigan homer. <laughs> Let's go. And Michigan sucks. We should point that out. Michigan's not going to be very good this yeah, year. Yeah. Okay. No. Um, they get Illinois State at home. That's a win. Yep. Two and zero at Pitt. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> playing, now, we're playing the hits early in this schedule. Let's go. Now look, <laughs> Pitt is going to have a really veteran defensive line. I think that's their. That, they might neutralize Western Michigan. Pat Narduzzi is going to drop seven defensive backs thirty yards down the and field. And they're all. I mean, look, they've lost like their entire secondary here. That's the other thing too. Is Pitt's going to be three games into a brand new secondary, but. They will be able to generate a pass rush, which will help. Three and zero. Okay, let's call it three and zero. Let's, let's go. go. Okay, uh, guys, Pitt fans here, uh, if you were hearing this, uh, please do not angrily text me when I tell you that Western Michigan will beat Pitt. I'm sorry, Pitt fans here. If you're listening to this, send an email to your athletic director and say that Pat Narduzzi needs to be killed. He's so bad, dude. Yeah, get him uh, out of parody, here. Parody allegedly, by the way. So easy to win there. He can't do it. He sucks. They get should make me here. the head coach. Get I out of here. Told you guys before. I know how to fix the program. That's right. Give me a call. Get out of here. All right. Heather Like. Call me, baby. Yep. All right. They go. It's time to bring back Wanstead. <laughs> I mean, we'll get into this. This is, this is a later episode. This is another episode for the future. Okay. They catch San Jose State at home. 4 0. San Jose State's. So? I think they're they going to lose one of these games. No. Okay. No, they're if, not going to lose If you think they're going 4 0 here, then they're Okay. Yeah. 4 0. They go at Buffalo. That is a loss. Yeah. 4 1. 4 1. Ball State at home. Mmm. I think they lose that game. I don't. They might have a very funny result here. I think they might just go four game winning streak, four game losing streak, four game winning streak. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Uh, let Okay. So they, they get uh, Ball State at home. I think. Look, that's a veteran defense. Yeah. I think they can. I think Ball State wins that game. Mm. Can Ball State outscore this offense? Can Drew Plitt keep up with Western Michigan? I'm going to take that risk. They did not throw the football down the field last season. They pretty much just threw screens, and it worked, but they pretty much just threw screens last season. Well, I guess we're split on this one, Patrick. Okay. Um, you can you you take the call. Man. Take the shot. Fine, I'll give it to you. Four and two. Okay. Uh, so you're okay. Okay. Yeah. Four and two. They get Kent State at home. That's a win. Okay. Uh, if I'm not giving them Ball State, I'm giving them. They're, fair enough. They're we'll, gonna, we'll split those games. They're we'll, going to win one of we'll, okay, those. Okay, that's yeah. fair. They will jump up and nab somebody. Five and two. They go at Toledo. That is a loss. Yeah, that's a Five loss. Five and three. Then a bye week again on Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because the reason they do that is because they're starting action. Yeah. So it just gives everyone a uh, schedule reset. That makes sense. Um, They get Central Michigan at home. That is a win. Yep. That's six and three. They get Akron at home. That's a win. That's seven and three. At Eastern is a win. That's eight and three. Yep. They go at NIU. That's a win. It's nine and three. Let's go nine and three. That's a hell of a that's year. That's a really, really good year for Tim Lester. That is a that's a get yourself another job year. Yeah, that is a getting a Big Ten job level year for Tim Lester. Um, yeah, good stuff from him. That that's is, that is uh, we already said that someone is going to take uh, uh, the Syracuse head. Co- why am I forgetting his name? Uh, 
Syracuse head coach. Babers. Babers. We already yeah. said someone's taking Dino Babers' job. It might as well be Tim Lester. Yeah, and Dino Babers is going to take Tim Lester's <laughs> job. Um, Tim Lester, the next head coach at Louisville. Um, moving on to Toledo here, right? Mm-hmm. Tier one. We're on to tier one. We're on to the big boys here. And we're only an hour in. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. All right. Um, so Toledo is up first here. Um, Jason Candle is the head coach. He is... If Chuck Martin isn't the least lucky man on earth, Jason Candle probably is. They came within six points of an undefeated it's season. It's unbelievable. They just, like, they went four and two. And those two losses, there's no reason that they should have lost those games. Like, they got so fucking close. They had a really, really good offense. Their defense wasn't terrible, at least in points per game. And SP Plus, it wasn't great. But Here's the thing about him, just narrative-wise here. He needs to find escape velocity to get out of Toledo because Toledo's a good enough job we kind of went at, but mm-hmm. he needs to get like a 10-win a season to escape Toledo yeah. and get a better job soon. Yeah. yeah, he's really he's really not in a great place here in terms of he's just sort of stuck in the same exact rut. He's 38-21, and 21, which is yeah. good. Like, oh, that's very good. perfectly yeah. fine in the MAC. But um, the good news for him is that Every member of his team is back. Like, mm-hmm. just about everyone who matters is back. Eli Peters at quarterback is back. Bryant Kobach is back at running back. He was really good last season. Mm-hmm. Not super efficient, but he could move the ball. Um, just about every wide receiver is back. Bryant Kobach also, weirdly enough, was their second-best receiver. Um following only Isaiah Winstead. Um, just about the entire defense is back as well. Um, I really like his staff, Oh, too. dude, that defensive coordinator hire, uh, getting Vince Kears from uh, Mount Union. Yeah. That rocks. Yeah, hey, it's weird how coaches who win at lower levels are also good at higher levels. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost it like it's happening. not that different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he's an awesome coach. To clarify, Mount Union, for people who don't follow D3 football because they're not sickos like us. Yeah. Uh, is right next to Lance Leopold's Wisconsin Whitewater program as the most successful D3 football program of all time. Yeah. It's produced dozens of college football head coaches, including Matt Campbell and Jason Candle themselves, I believe. Yeah. Um, it's a cradle of coaches right now. Hiring cares is, is a is a huge move. You cannot go wrong if you're hiring a Mountain Union yeah. coach. They they just know how to win football games. They also he also has Craig Kuligowski on the defensive mm-hmm. side. He's a co coordinator. Um He's really good, too. He's a really good defensive line coach. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, Robert Weiner, or Weiner, uh, who Weiner. was Weiner, who was a fantastic Florida high school coach. This man, <laughs> Ryan, it looks like you're excited to say something about no, Robert Weiner. You, you thinking his name is pronounced Weiner, so I knew you grew up in New Albany. <laughs> <laughs> the most Protestant town in America. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, but all three of those hires pretty much instantly worked. They got better on both sides of the ball. They were better coached. They just improved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that will sort of remain this season. They also added um, three pretty good recruits in athlete Trenton Adkins, linebacker Damon Allison, and running back Willie Shaw. All three are, are ranked three stars. This is the best recruiting staff in the MAC, but and it's by a yeah. fairly large margin. I mean, yeah. they are so good, not just at like getting guys, but also talent evaluation. Yeah. Um, they are making early offers. They are in the game for like, I mean, every, like every time you go to a high school football game in Ohio, and you see a guy who's like a little undersized, which is a real ass kicker, and yeah. ends up being like an all-conference dude. Uh, his first offer was Toledo. Like, yeah, every time it's amazing. Ryan and I went to a what was it Springfield mm-hmm. game last season, and they had these uh, 
one of the teams in it had these two like five nine defensive tackles who were just fucking dominating. That's the kind of guy that Toledo lands. Yeah, and one is really uh, Jokel Brown from Springfield, mm-hmm. uh, who's still waiting on like a big offer. But I know Toledo's been in contact with him yeah. as well as his quarterback and his safety and like everyone on their team. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. that's the kind of school that Toledo has a lock on for whatever reason, and it's I guess I I shouldn't say it's for whatever reason. It's because their coaches are really good. Yeah. They have really smart coaches. Yep. Um. But the, the as for this team specifically, they also have a couple pretty big Power Five transfers. Mm-hmm. Um. Wide receiver Matt Landers from Georgia, defensive tackle Judge Culpepper, like him a lot yeah. from Penn State, quarterback Tucker Gleason from Georgia Tech, who I probably wouldn't go with if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm Toledo but he's there and then Ronald, Ronald Delancey from Nebraska the safety um they're gonna be really good I, I don't I don't I don't know if we're burying the lead here by not saying that earlier that's Toledo. pretty big for Delancey to be able to transfer to a bigger program like Toledo <laughs> that's right um but Toledo's gonna be really good I, I think that that four and two season was not necessarily representative of how talented the team was but mm-hmm. that's been an issue for Candle during his entire yeah, he's tenure he's gotta convert the close games. I would be very afraid of of losing close games here Right, that's that's the fear with Toledo is that Candle can't win close games, and this team is certainly talented enough too. It's experienced enough to do that, but th- some of the problems that this team had last season are the ones that will cause you to lose close games, such as couldn't really run the ball super well. Yeah, and that's a concern. Would you like to look through their schedule with me? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I think we've I think we have them at like eleven and zero right now, so we'll have to maybe adjust a little bit. <laughs> Uh, I don't know that we will, actually, when you hear this. They begin their season home against Norfolk State. That's a win. Okay, yep. They go at Notre Dame. That is a loss. Yeah. Uh, they get Colorado State at home. Uh, Jason Candle will decapitate Steve Adazio. It's yeah. two and one. Yeah. At Ball State, I think they win that game. Mm. But it does make you a little nervous, doesn't mm. it? That is... Tier one versus tier one. That is uh, on the road. But here's the thing. It's Mike New versus Jason Candle, which in a close game, which is the movable object versus the stoppable <laughs> force. <laughs> yeah, I think Toledo's roster is better. Yeah. So and they're def- but, it's definitely a better roster. But they're on the road, which is troubling. I think we should give them this game. If they are who we think they are, I think they win this game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, three and one at UMass is four and one. Okay. Home against NIU is five and one. Yep. At Central is six and one. Home against Western, we said that's seven and one. Did we give that to him? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Bye week. Okay. Halloween. Good. Yep. Uh, Maction game against Eastern. That's eight and one. Yep. At Bowling Green is nine and one. Ooh. At Ohio is ten and one. Yeah. Home against Akron is eleven and one. God damn. Yeah. There's Did one of us take them the G five draft. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! Uh, keep riffing. I have our I don't, team saved. I don't think that one of us Damn, did. Damn, they yeah. were uh, the next team on my board. I did not get oh, them. Oh man! Whoops! Tough. Yeah. Uh, so is that? What do you think? Is that? Is that top of the West? Did they beat out Ball State? If they, I mean, that's the West game, yeah. right? If you beat Ball State, you win the West. Oh man, that's going to be a really good game. That is going to be really fun, and yeah. it is a. Uh, it's a Saturday game in September. Yeah, the only so. alternative in the West is that is that Western jumps up and takes it, which yeah. I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. Um, it, I, I've explained that one already, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think that it's 
like you said, Ball State Toledo is going to be a big one. That's a big. That's game. exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. That one. is a really fun race in the West. I mean, yeah. both races, are, Kent State versus Buffalo, which we'll get to here in a second, mm-hmm. really fun in the East too. Yeah, this is a this is a conference that really spreads out pretty well. You have a lot of intrigue in both divisions, which I think is is a good thing. You have sort of those middling teams that could jump up in both divisions. You have the true top, and then you have the dog shit at the bottom on, yeah. of both of them. It's not like you know, the Big Ten, where one of the divisions has all the intrigue and the other one has Iowa. Um, it's, there's... Go Hawkeye. <laughs> there's, uh, there's stuff going on here across the across the board, which is exciting and, and interesting. Would you like to talk about college football's min-maxer, Sean Lewis, next? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Kent State, Sean Lewis, as Ryan mentioned, is the head coach. Somehow, so this is his fourth season, somehow he's only 12 and 17. It feels like he's won more than that. Is mm. that is that right? Uh, it's your document, buddy. Man, it doesn't. It doesn't feel right. I think it is, but it, it's yeah, just. Yeah, I like, mean, Kent State is a school that, uh, like we talked about earlier, is one of those places that always schedules the buy games. Like they yeah. just do not have. Uh, I, I know um, money. Buckeye, they Buc- don't have yeah, money. Yeah, Buckeye yeah. Grove analyst Bill Green uh, has referred to them as the worst program in the MAC several times. Yeah. Just, just based on funding and, and kind of resources, and um, I would say Akron's below them, but I think it's a fair argument to be had. Yeah. Um, and it's worth discussing for certain. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sean Lewis has to get a better job. Yeah. He needs to win some games this year and find himself somewhere where he can actually, like, build something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. I like Kent State a lot this year. I think that we've, we've sort of... This will, he'll be a candidate to take Pat Narduzzi's job at Pitt, by the way, whenever Pat gets fired. Yeah, and also to take... Um, Chris job at Wisconsin when everyone realizes that it was no. Barry Alvarez that was coaching that team. Yeah, but okay, well, this is look okay. Uh, Barry Alvarez did run that program essentially, but yeah. like, it's not a very hard formula to figure out. It's just like no, but you just keep taking the same lineman you've been taking for the entire time, and running backs want to come play for you, and then the rest is kind of like uh, we'll have seventeen linebackers in the field, and they'll all tackle everyone. Yeah, and well, it seems to work. We'll see. I'm we'll not see. super confident in Paul I guess we Chris. We'll see, won't we? Um, but uh, I do think he's overrated. To clarify, he's yeah. not like a top 15 coach. Yeah. Um, the good news, also, like I mentioned, for Sean Lewis, is that every member of his team is back. Yeah. Isaiah McCoy, the wide receiver, is gone, but um, Justin Crum is back. Every other receiver is back. The entire offensive line is back. They didn't really have a whole lot of interest in running the ball last mm-hmm. season. When they do run, they're fine at it um and then the entire defense is back the defense was dog shit last year and will continue to be bad this season yeah the offense is going to be really good um yeah, i mean look we talked about eastern michigan kind of being a team that's just going to score the hell out of the football and, yeah. and prey on defense and yeah. kent state's just a rich man's version of that with an nfl quarterback playing kent state might have a top five offense this season um it was number one last year <laughs> it was yeah. it was number one in points per game um they also add uh Nikeem johnson from syracuse wide receiver um cool. Ant- antoine richardson from maryland is here the safety and safety nico bolden from new mexico um they're really good they're going to be really good on offense their defense is not going to be good which i think is going to hold them back and I, I alluded to it earlier there might be some glitches because of how bad the defense is. I yeah. think that there's going to be a lot of high-scoring games here, and high-scoring games are hard to win sometimes. Um, but the offense is awesome. It, it's the Lebby RPO offense, and they're really good at it. Here's the bad news about Kent State. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could argue their four toughest games are in their first six games of the season. Okay. Uh, they lead off at Texas A&M, Oof. which oh, is oh, a loss. Texas A&M breaking in a new starting quarterback. 
right? It makes you sweat, but I think that team's really talented right now. I mean, they, like they do yeah. lose their quarterback, but they bring back virtually everybody else. Yeah, Spiller is back, wide receivers are back. They, yeah, they'll be fine. They're going to yeah. win that game. Yeah. Um, but it could be a fun game. That yeah. could be an upset special to watch. Ooh, that'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be that, fun. Kent State's not going to win, but it'll be could fun. Could you imagine if the MAC uh, beats Michigan and Texas A&M <laughs> in the first week of the season? It's the year we of the be, Mac. We will yeah. be popping champagne in this oh, podcast. Oh, man, it's, it's, it's Mac boy summer. That's right. Um, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, it, last year was the year of the Sun Belt. Now it's the Mac's time to shine. I'm game, I'm game for it. Yeah. Uh, then they've got the Virginia Military Institute at home. That's, yeah, that's a win. That's a win. They go at Iowa. Yeah. That is a loss. Yeah. I will say quickly, shout out to VMI, who's having a really good season, but yeah. probably not going to beat Kent State. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that makes them one and two. Yep. They go at Maryland. I think they win that game. I do, too. Yeah. That's two and two. Yeah. And I don't think there's much to talk about there, actually. Maryland's defense, not that, that game going will to get be off the field like there. 63 to 52 <laughs> final. That game is going to rule. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be basically what happened with Buffalo last year. Yeah. Except yeah. a little less running and more. Yeah, uh, God, I'm going to be watching like Ohio State, Illinois while that game is happening. I'm going to be fucking furious. God, Monkey's paw, baby. You want to be a journalist. Yeah. Uh, God damn it. Okay, two and two. Then they get Bowling Green at home for a win. That's three yep. and two. They get Buffalo at home. They're looking for mm. revenge. Jarrett Patterson is gone, and I think they still lose. Man, I'm going to give it to them. I, okay. think they, I think they win that one. Okay, we're split on this one. Okay. Four and two. Yep. They go at Western Michigan. That is a tough is that game. The, which one was the one that we predicted the upset in? Was it that one? No. I think we had... No, I think it was that one. I think that it would, we said that they wouldn't beat Ball State, but they would beat Kent State. Okay. They, we said they'd win one of those two. I guess yeah, so one. we'll go four and three. Okay. At Ohio, I think they find a way to win that one. I think we called that an upset. Okay. Well, we got to flip one of these. Okay. Um, We'll go five and three. Okay. They'll, they'll get to five and three somehow. Yeah, like we said, we're not doing continuity this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, Relax. It's, it's fine. Five and three. NIU is a win. Well, they get a bye week on Halloween again. Like yeah. Everyone else. Whatever. Uh, NIU is a win. Yep. Six and three. At Central's a win. Seven and three. At Akron's a win. Eight and three. Miami at home's a win. Nine and three. Nine and three. So they close the season with, I would say, five straight wins. Which builds some momentum, but if they Sean, lose to Buffalo, they don't really have anything to play for. Sean right? Lewis is going to get a new job. Nine and three gets you a new job, but here's the the risk. Here is if you lose that game to Buffalo, yeah. First of all, you got to beat Maryland. You have to beat Maryland. Yes. And if you lose that game to Buffalo, are your players going to look around and say we have nothing left to play for because we cannot win the division? Yeah, it's, that is a mental risk, especially going in to road games at Western Michigan and Ohio. I that is th- a roster management type of year from Sean Lewis. He has to control the locker room. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that beating Buffalo obviously would be the best case scenario. Um, I do think that there's a chance that Buffalo is a little bit more gettable this season than mm-hmm. they have been in the past. And to the point where if suddenly Kent state doesn't lose that second conference game to what ball state or whatever right. we said it was, um, then they only have one conference loss and there's, a possibility that Buffalo has too. Yeah. So I don't know if they would be totally out of the running essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but they probably can't lose twice in conference yeah. with one of them to Buffalo and still have a realistic expectation. Yeah. Especially not with Kelvin, Carl, Kev, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin uh, Marks. Colton Marks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one of those. Yeah. Carl Marks. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about Buffalo here. Uh, Lance Leopold is the head coach. I mean, this is the first time we've mentioned Lance Leopold in podcast, so <laughs> I think a lot right. of guys may not know who he is. Yeah, he's a guy that we like a lot. We, I don't know if we, we haven't talked about how much we like Lance Leopold. That's right. Um, they, I don't know if we really need to give a ton of background here. I think that people who are listening to this 
podcast probably know what Buffalo was last season. They were really good. They were really good at everything. They ran the ball really well. They played defense really well. Um, they lose some of those guys, which is mm-hmm. interesting. I think they lose more than most teams in the MAC. Um, which they lose like five guys. I mean, they lose it's, the best player in the match. Yeah, they, they lose Jarrett Patterson. They lose Antonio Nunn at wide receiver, who was really good. Um, Malcolm Kuntz is gone from the defensive end spot. Tyree Thompson and Tyrone Hill, I believe, are also gone. Mm-hmm. Linebacker and safety. Um, the good news is that, as you mentioned, Kevin Marks is back. He's just as good as Jarrett Patterson. He's really he's good, yeah. Really he's, good. A, he's a horse, man. He's really good. The offensive line is still going to be really good. Kyle Van Trees at quarterback is not good, but he at least he knows what he's doing. He can yeah. run the offense. He's, he's more experienced now, too. Yeah. Um, Eric Black is back at defensive end. James Patterson, Jared's brother, is back at linebacker. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's really good. The Patterson family is just good at football. Yeah. Um, they have Taylor Riggins back, yeah, right? Yeah, defensive end. Um, Giovanni Ruiz and Trevor Wilson are both back at wide receiver to help out Ventries. They're not Antonio Nunn, but they're capable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the defense returns most of its players. Corey Gross, George Wolo, Max Michelle, they're all back. Um, mm-hmm. Madison Cohn is also here from Wisconsin, the safety transfer um i think that a lot of the things that were responsible for buffalo being good last season are still present even if the stars that were at the forefront of it aren't essentially i think that this is kind of like wisconsin a program that is built from the guys that you don't really see right and so they're always going to have those guys yeah those guys don't go anywhere they just they regenerate essentially. We we can't keep saying how good Lance Leopold. I mean, like look, Dude. like just just like the, the how well drilled this team is, how consistent they are. Like you know exactly what you're getting, yeah. and it's an ass kicking, grinded out team that just is so frustrating to play against. Like yeah, it, like you as the team ha- go into that game understanding you cannot make a mistake. Like yeah. you have to play your perfect game. Or else Buffalo will make you pay for it. Which is hard to do in the MAC because you have a lot of not very talented players. Yeah, I and mean, like, they're going to control the clock. They're going to grind yeah. you out. They're going to run the ball on your throat. They're bigger than you. They're stronger than you. They're more disciplined than you. It's like playing Wisconsin. It's, it's really frustrating. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> unless you are more talented than them, which not a lot of teams in the MAC are. Yeah, in terms of like both recruiting talent and development, because mm-hmm. you have to factor in development, and Buffalo does it better than anybody. Um, it's like Wisconsin. You you have to be Ohio State levels of better than them to beat them. And I don't think that anybody in the MAC is yeah, in the way that where they can't play a perfect game. And, and I still think beat you them. see them like they have a lot of games where they kind of pull away in the fourth quarter because teams get demoralized. Yeah. Like, like like you see them like with big time programs, right? Like when Ohio State plays Bowling Green or whatever, yeah. you know, LSU plays Nickel State, right? When you go up by four touchdowns in the first quarter, the other team's mentally out of it immediately, yeah. right? With Buffalo, they don't have that much talent, so they don't pull away as fast. But, like, when you're in, you know, they've already run for 400 yards by it, the middle of the yeah. third quarter, and they have a two-touchdown lead, and they go on a nine-minute drive, yeah. I mean, you just quit. You tap it out. It hurts to play these guys. Like, yeah. I don't, it's it's like the Ohio party thing, right? Like, I don't want to overstate this. I don't want to make it seem like we're joking or, like, that we're being, you know, hyperbolic here. There are certain teams who... When you're out there as a defensive lineman and you play for 45 minutes and then you have to play for 15 more minutes mm-hmm. against these guys, you don't want to do it because yeah. it hurts, right? Like this offensive line really, really makes it count when they block you. And I think the biggest testament you can say just how uh, how great of a coach Leopold is, and now it's something he could stand to improve on here. This is the least talented team in the MAC. Yeah, uh, on you know talent composite, like they are just so well coached and developed that they win. But like they are, 
Um, the only team close to them is Central Michigan, and then yeah. that's like a big drop off to the next tier. Yeah, it meant, and you talk about an eye for talent. This staff, man, they just know Good who they, they just know who their guys are. They in just, the least talented region yeah. in the entire country, too. Yeah, they just they can find offensive linemen, they can find guys in the trenches, they can find Jarrett Patterson. Yeah, and they just know how to develop them. It's it's a really really impressive team. We, people know it. You listen to this yeah. podcast. We fucking love Lance Lee. Yeah, yeah, he's he is one of the best coaches in college football. Yeah. I mean, he's really fucking good at this. He, yeah. he knows what he's doing in a way that most coaches in the sport don't, right? He just, yeah. he's one of those guys, mm-hmm. right? You can you can see it in everything that he does. What is the schedule? About okay. Here? They lead off the home game against Wagner. Okay. Yeah. This is a Thursday game, so they have a 10-day layoff for their next game, and okay. they go at Nebraska. We've mm-hmm. already said that's going to be a win. We yeah, called it before. Yeah, that's 2-0. I think it's clear I'm they're going to beat Nebraska. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> now, the fun game they get here, this is part of their really difficult yes, schedule. It's I know home this against Coastal. Let's go. What's your call? Oh, man. Coastal's so good. Coastal returns basically everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, man. And, I, now, and this game would be really fun if it was scheduled in November and oh. see those Bartle Beach kids playing on like the shores of Lake Erie. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're both going to run the ball anyway. Yeah. Um, man, I think it's a loss. I think Coastal is that that talented. I, I think that they can. I think that they can make it happen. Um, yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's Coastal here. Um, we apologize for the <laughs> the background noise. Oh. All right. Um, so next we've got at Old Dominion. That's, That's a, a win. win. Yeah. So is this what three and one? Three and one. I'll, okay. I'll follow your lead on Coastal. Yeah, I'm not decide. I want to think about that game for a I'm, few months before I make yeah. a final call. I'm going to think about that game every night for the next yeah. six months. Yeah, <laughs> I have the the pictures of Grayson McCall and Kevin Marks <laughs> taped to my ceiling. Yeah. To look at when I go yeah. to bed. Um, they get Western Michigan at home. That's a win. Uh, that's four and one. Uh, okay. Yeah. We have them beating Kent State on the road. Yeah. That's five and one. Ohio at home, I think that's six and one. Yeah. At Akron is seven and one. Bowling Green at home is eight and one. Yep. Now that's they're the only two teams in the conference to play on Halloween weekend. Yeah. So they're gonna stay out of trouble. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> There's get... no trouble you can get in at <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> mm, uh, are you familiar with Bill's Mafia, sir? Bro, if it's if it's Halloween in Buffalo and you go outside, your skin's gonna freeze. You'll die. Okay, that's fine, but <laughs> When you have a coat of Genesee, uh, just, you know, 20 Genesees deep, you can do anything with the power of the Lord and Josh Allen okay. <laughs> coursing through you. Yeah. Um, what is that? At seven and one? Yeah, eight. seven and I think one. that was eight and one, right? Eight and one. You're right. Yeah. Then a bye week. Yep. Then their final three games are at Miami, home against NIU, and at Ball State. Sweep it. 11 and one. Yep. With the only loss coming to Coastal. Yeah. Which is very much a toss up. Like I, I don't. Isn't that I, awesome? That's I, BYU. Yeah. You just had BYU season. Yeah, I gave I gave them a win or I gave Coastal a win in there. It could very easily go to Buffalo. It, it is a toss up, right? Let's talk about undefeated Buffalo not getting to the playoff. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't. They wouldn't even be in the top oh, yeah. ten. But no. this team's gonna be fucking. Mm, they awesome. could sneak in the back end of the top ten after what they did last year. I think they got a lot of attention for that Patterson. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's probably not. You're probably right. Maybe. I mean, Kevin Marks is gonna run for two thousand yards, so they will have another face of the program. Um, they're... Let's start speaking Kevin Marks, Doak Walker award into existence. Let's go. Yeah. Let's start talking about Kevin Marks winning the Heisman. <laughs> You're hearing it more and more, we folks. We really are. If you listen to this podcast, tweet hashtag Kevin Carl Marks for Heisman. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're 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 bringing K marks to America. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're going to be awesome. They're really really good. They're I think um, I think we're both pretty confident in saying that they're going to win the East, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they're I mean, better. Again, it's that Kent State game. Yeah, they're better. They're better than Kent State. They yeah. they just are. Um, last one here, Ball State. Who, oh man, I forgot we had Ball State. Yeah, left. who are you? Who you are higher on than I am? Um, yeah, I mean Ball State brings back all eleven defensive starters, and yeah. they have sixteen super seniors coming back, which I believe is the most in the country. Is that good? I mean, yeah, look, that is just a super <laughs> ultra experienced team. That's yeah. all, I mean, that's that's massive for them. Um, like you said, their offense is like the opposite of explosive. Like yeah. they just have... they did not throw the ball down the field. Like Drew Plitt can't throw the ball down the field. Yeah, <laughs> which is fine. He's good at what they ask him to do. So you got to run the ball and control the clock and grind teams out, mm-hmm. which they're capable of doing. Yeah, Justin Hall, the wide receiver, is really good when he gets the ball. He usually gets it about two yards behind the line of scrimmage, and yeah. he's really good at it, yeah. which is fine. So I mean, the pitch for Ball State is you know their defense will be the best in the conference, right? Yeah. You know that already. Yeah. Or, or at least right there with Toledo's. Yeah, yeah. They lose Antonio and, Phillips at cornerback, which is a little bit concerning. But they get the whole front seven back. Yeah. The, the run and defense is going to be really, really. Correct me if I'm wrong. With Phillips missed some games due to injury, and so they did have someone else start there for a few games too. That sounds right. Um, yeah. Now they do not have the easiest schedule in the world, which okay. is, is a real problem for them. Yeah. Uh, do you want to? Or do we have any more thoughts? Want to go through here? Or um, should we? I'll say quickly. The issue here for them, the thing that might get them, is that the pass defense I don't think is going to be great. It wasn't great last year, though. Is mm-hmm. the thing they were also very lucky last year, like yeah. supremely lucky, and that could catch up to them. But I, um, I don't know. I don't think it's going to. I think that they're going to improve into that luck and end up right around where they were last uh, season. Yeah, I'm probably a little too high in this team, but I will say, like, if you're going to take a risk on a team, you might as well take one that brings back this mid-level of experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they have 16 super seniors. That's yeah. a lot. That's a lot of guys who have played now. This is going to be their fifth or sixth year of college football. Yeah, very experienced team, very experienced staff, very experienced defense. Yeah. Like, this is just a team you I think is has a high floor. Yeah. yeah, and they also landed a three-star receiver whose name is Chevy. <laughs> Let's go, Chevy Brinson. Uh, I think I think this team needs an ice cream paint job. Let's go. How about that? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. You're too young uh, for that one. Yeah, I know ice cream paint job. Okay, okay, okay. How dare you? Okay, okay. Um, we're gonna play that song here. Yeah, Patrick. Yeah, uh, we're sure. We're gonna play ice yeah. cream paint job. I have decreed it thusly. Okay, uh, let's go through their schedule real quick. Um, they lead off on a Thursday game against Western Illinois at home. That is a win. Yeah. They have a 10-day rest before going at Penn State. That is a loss. Yeah. Now, I will say, if we're just mm-hmm. talking about Power 5 or Big 10 teams getting beat by the MAC, again, literally <laughs> Penn imagine State if and Michigan Penn State, losing. Michigan, and Nebraska <laughs> getting swept by the MAC. <laughs> Let's that, go! That is the Joker origin story for Kevin Warren. Uh, it'd be very funny. How do we get Akron? to upset Ohio State. How do we make this happen? I mean, you need sorcery, uh, possibly yeah. a machine gun, mm-hmm. um, maybe a several new- million dollars in cash. Maybe a Tanya Harding situation. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, now, I will say here, uh, if this game's close with Penn State, the James Franklin anxiety the, is going yeah. to be through the fucking roof. The James Franklin jig is up if Dude, this it, game is yeah, close. This is like the, oh, it was just a COVID year. They, you know, they rallied late. That <laughs> yeah. is gone and smoke yeah. in a second. And US, he's getting fired. USC has fired Clay Helton yeah. levels of like, oh shit, something going to happen yes. here. Yeah. Um, USC has fired Clay Helton after a win. <laughs> Okay, okay. So we've got West Illinois at home at Penn State. That's one and one. Yep. 
at Wyoming, I think it's a loss. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm high on Wyoming. It's the two teams I really like. So yeah. this is also going to be a game that ends like 13 to 10. This is going to be dog shit. It's yeah. going to be a, def- it's going to be a defensive struggle. <laughs> dog shit. This is going to be uh 2003 AFC North football. Yeah. Um, which to me is cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Anyway, they get Toledo at home. I think we had Toledo winning that game. That sounds right. Yeah. We had okay. Toledo at 11 and one. So it'd be kind of hard for them to not win that game. Good point. Yeah. Okay. We have all states starting off one and three. Wolf. Then they get army at home. That's a win. Two and three. It's a win, Patrick. Okay. Go, go all, right. all right. Uh, they go at Western Michigan. I think we gave this one to ball state, right? We said ball state wins. Yeah, I think so. We gave, we gave Western Kent state. I That's think. right. So yeah. three and three. At Eastern is a win. That's four and three. Miami's a win. That's five and three. Okay. By week on Halloween. At Akron is six and three. Yep. At Northern Illinois is seven and three. Central Michigan is eight and three. Yep. Home against Buffalo is a loss to go eight and four. Yeah. That seems fine. That I'd... seems like they're going to go exactly eight and four. Yeah. Is that so? That would mean that they lose the division, right? Correct. To, they would... to Toledo, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, that yeah, seems... It's basically a race for second between Western and Ball State, which uh, I believe we said we just said Ball State wins head to head, right? Yeah. So, so it would come down to the head to head then. Yeah. So um, I mean, that's I, that's a really good top five yeah, for this conference. Yeah. That's and if you count Eastern as the sixth team, that is a really fun. Yeah, that's really good. Buffalo, Kent State, and Ohio uh, is decent. Miami is yeah, decent. Ohio, Ball State, Toledo, Western, Eastern, all being pretty good is. That's good. That's that's good, good for the, the conference. Miami, it's I don't the think is turn of the map. That's right. Miami is going to be fine too. They're going to go four and eight, but they're going to be fine. Yeah, like they're not a competent. Four yeah, and they're eight not team. terrible. They're yeah, just they'll be Scott Frost. Nebraska. Yeah, they just kind of had a rough, <laughs> uh, you know, a rough go of it. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about the Mac. I, I couldn't have said that last year because it was not especially interesting last season. But I think that there are a lot of really good teams here. Yeah. Um, yeah, what what uh, you want to wrap it up here? Mm-hmm. Is this the wrap it up sign? All right. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm tapping my watch to Patrick right now. <laughs> he's got a giant hook and he's just sort of using it on me. Um, thank you all so much for checking out Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. Um, if you enjoy the show, please be sure to leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. Uh, Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? I'm at B1G underscore Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know really much else to say, I guess. It? Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to start seeing here, uh, you're going to start to me post some deadlifting videos in my free time, I guess. Okay. And, but mostly yeah. just football takes and yeah. uh, making fun of, you know, other sports writers. Yeah. Um, I'm at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. My writing is at the Outside Zone newsletter on Substack, available three times a week for just $5 a month. I'm also at Buckeye Sports Bulletin, which is a newspaper here in Columbus. If you like Olympic sports, I write about those. Um, Ryan, do we do we have anything else? No, sir. All right. Uh, I'm going to go get a margarita. All right. I'll talk to you next week. All right, bye.